0: Are we girls or are we demons? In a society where laws ostracise and belittle your gender or are dehumanising your kind, just how hard must you fight for just a slight taste of equality and humanity? Keep listening to find out. Welcome to the Black Bibliophile. This is a podcast where I, also review books and the stories behind them. From the hidden meanings to the secret treasures and everything in between. To quote Cicero, a room without a book is like the body without a soul. And with that, let us jump right into this week's episode of The Black Bibliophile. (laughs) Legend is what humans call the things they do not understand. (laughs) Hey Biblios! Welcome back returning listeners, welcome to new listeners, welcome to the family, welcomes all around. As promised last week, we shall be going through y'all's responses on last week's question. I decided that I'm only going to go through two responses this week because everyone said the same things, but I believe that these two responses I'm going to go through had the most meat and substance to them that I could talk about. So with that, let's jump right in. This week's question was Is age really just a number? Response number one It depends on the situation. If it's a loving relationship, then yes, it's just a number. But if it's a relationship like the one between Shant and Corey, then jail is just a room. If you don't understand Shant and Corey, then please head over to last week's episode and you would fully understand who Shant and Corey were, the dynamic between them to understand where this person was coming from, because I fully agree with them. A relationship where someone's being gaslighted and manipulated, assaulted, harassed, and all of that, is not a loving relationship. That should not work, regardless of if there's a big age difference or not a big age difference. regardless, that doesn't work. But if the relationship is loving and all of that, and it does abide by the law, so... No 18-year-olds dating minors, or no yeah, no adults dating minors, then fine. And no one's being preyed on, then yes, it's just a number. Because at the end of the day, all the, the whole dynamic of the relationship is a healthy relationship. You can't really argue with it. You can't really, really find a fault with the relationship itself. Response number two. Age is honestly just a number, to a certain extent. Many people get too caught up in the issue of age when a young child is involved. When you move the idea from children to adults, I believe it can be just a number. See, this person had sense. Because it's so true. When you're dealing with a child and an adult, it really makes a difference. Because two children dating, they've experienced about the same kind of experiences. An adult and a child, a minor and a child, that doesn't work it's illegal it's literally illegal doesn't you can't really argue with the law okay let's think about this numerically 11 and 16 12 and 17 wait yeah 12 and 17 i i just thought my math was a mess then 12 and 17 13 and 18 14 and 19 15 and 20 all of those was a 5 year age difference 11 and 16 does not sound right 12 and 17 does not sound right those once you get 16 and above you should not be preying on anyone younger than you it just doesn't sound right when you talk about the age differences because at the, end of the day the older party is more likely to manipulate groom and prey on the younger party and that's what makes the age dynamic wrong but let's think about this for adults 20 and 25 21 26 22 27 23 28 24, 29, 25, 30, 26, 31, 27, 32. You see, those age difference doesn't seem like it's much because it's an adult. It's not a child. These people are grown. They've experienced a lot of life. They've seen a lot of things. They have more knowledge to deal with the relationship. So long as it's love and no one's been manipulated, there's no form of abuse, then there shouldn't be an issue. So I do agree with this person. We shall now begin the show. This week we'll be reviewing The Gilded Ones by Namia Fauna. The Gilded Ones is the first instalment in Fauna's Deathless series. And I'ma just say Fauna started off this series with a bang. Let's just appreciate the cover of the book. The turquoise and the gold. And a black girl on the cover with braids. Ooh. Oh so beautiful it was so so pretty I think I really spent like a good couple hours just looking at the cover before I started the book just so pretty and I do have to say that another reason why I do commend full with this book yeah is the fact that she had an amazing cover and she had a beautifully crafted plot to back it up because there's sometimes yeah where it, there's a beautiful cover but the plot is just so bad it feels like you've given me a terrible gift but wrapped it in pretty wrapping paper. I'm just glad the Gilded Ones wasn't there. So Biblios, we are family. This is a safe place. I'ma report eight different individuals. You see these individuals all have the common offence. What is the offence? They laughed. I was crying with big boy tears in my moment of distress. I think this was like a good 80, 90% into the book. And I realised, whoa, what has happened? I sat down, deep my life, deep what's happened in this book. My thinking of society as a whole changed. And I started crying big boy tears. So these eight different individuals laughed. They laughed at me. They are cancelled and blocked, all of them. And who are these individuals? Let's start listing them. Natasha, Wendy, Dilapo, Patience, Zita, Serena, Amara and Ogo. These eight individuals are now blocked and cancelled expeditiously. Because really and truly, yeah, what if that was my 13th reason? There was no reason to laugh. And Patience, there was no 14th. I didn't have a 14th reason. That was my 13th. Why? Why would you laugh? i said my piece. Let's actually move on with the show. <laughs> okay. So. <clears throat> Once again, I find myself needing to be healed because an author has stabbed me in the back. The plot of this book, the plot twist in this book was something else. It shook me to the core. 400 pages left me in tears. and feeling empty. I just have to thank God for allowing me to see this day where I am finally healed. The tears have been wiped away. Oh, God is good. The world building in this book, Chef's Kisses, it's crafted to perfection. There's no areas of ambiguity and there's no info dumping. At one point, I found myself planning to go and found otara for myself it was just so realistic like you can really picture the world as you're reading the book you can see all the statues you can see the landscape the deserts the uh, mountains the forest it just feels so real we all have a choice right now are we girls or are we demons are we going to die are we going to survive So what is The Gilded Ones really all about? A deeply patriarchal society that abuses women and girls. A ritual that every girl has to go through in her 15th year. A priest will cut her. If she bleeds red, she's deemed pure. If she bleeds gold, she's deemed impure. If she's lucky, she's then killed on the spot. If she isn't, she's sold, tortured, enslaved and killed over and over again, because girls with golden blood are demons. They will heal and are almost impossible to kill. Decca's blood runs golden. As a consequence, her village elders put her in a cellar and kill her nine times. And every single time, like the dust, she rises, Decker's body heals itself. One day, a mysterious woman frees her from the cellar. This woman is nicknamed White Hands by Decker. And White Hands takes her to the capital and training grounds for others like her. A lackey. The unnatural. Girls with cursed blood, healing properties, incredible strength and speed. The emperor has decided that they shall be turned into deadly warriors that will rid the country of its enemies, Death Deathstrikes. These are pale monsters that attack villages all over the empire, steal their girls and kill every man in sight. And Decca shall lead the demon girls into battle. She's an anomaly. Even among her fellow soldiers, her powers are depthless and she soon becomes the emperor's hero and his greatest nightmare. The Gilded One is a powerful, high fantasy novel. It deals with issues that we all know too well racism, xenophobia, misogyny, inequality, abuse, trauma, and so much more. It's super feminist and empowering, a novel that offers a diverse cast of complex characters. And let's wait, let's, before we jump into the whole characters, can we really? appreciate Fauna because she had such a large cast list but she was still able to give them some form of depth there was no shallow characters there was no eh they're okay characters they all had a meaning and they all had a reason and a purpose in the story it was there was no characters where I felt okay she could have done without this character I believe that they all had their purpose and they fulfilled their purpose Beautifully. So big up for her. She did her thing. A black main character. Many black. Asian and brown. Major and minor characters. It was so. Fulfilling. And empowering. To see so many representations. Of characters. Especially when media fails to represent us. It was fulfilling. And so heartwarming to see people like me being represented in books as not just being the villains honestly when a huge cast of a novel especially a fantasy novel or just a novel in general is of the same sex so in the gilded ones female i think it's super unrealistic that there would be no queer characters especially when the dormitories is filled with 20 to 50 young women and you're gonna tell me that there's not a single queer character in sight? I don't think so. So honestly, page 333 was funny. That page, hilarious. And I would have loved to see maybe a couple more, I guess, queer characters for the representation, but the ones that I did see were good. It wasn't, it didn't feel like it was just thrown in there for the representation points as in okay, we've got black, we've got Asian, we've got queer, we've got this. No, it felt genuine and it felt natural. It didn't feel like Fauna was just checking off a tick box. And that's what I really liked. Feminism isn't worth anything when it's not inclusive. And because Gilded Ones was so inclusive, I believe that the feminism... Criteria or would you say category that the gilded ones does fall into is given that much more worth because of its inclusivity. The gilded ones is a call for the oppressed, the overlooked, the ignored to rise up and take what is rightfully theirs. Everyone deserves for their voices to be heard, and this first book of such a anticipated series offers so much I can only hope for the sequels to be even more inclusive. However, there is mm, there's a this book does handle a lot. It can really shake someone if you don't feel like you're mentally stable enough to handle such topics. For example, it talks about trauma, abuse, rape and it's I wouldn't say it's fully graphic but It's enough that it can be taken as graphic. If the discussion of rape is a topic that's triggering for you, I would advise when reading this book to skip pages 277 and 278. On another note, I loved the representation, the message, and I loved the story and the characters. It was just such an amazing book. The characters that had depth made you curious to know more about them but it didn't really deliver all the information on the silver platter and that's why I loved more because I don't want to know about the character as a whole in the first chapter so, because why, why would I read the book if I know everything about the character? In the first chapter of the book, there's no reason for me to read up until chapter 20 in the end because I already know everything about the character. I want to learn more about the character as I read on. I want to read the clues, find out more about the character. And Fauna really does that so well. It's a point where there's things you'll find all the questions that Dekka has, all the questions you have, you're finding them out together. As each question goes on, another question arises, but also another answer is given and it's just so beautiful, because you don't have, you have to be patient, because once you get an answer, the answer isn't just given to you, boom, Decker's pink, or Decker's black, no, mm-mm. it's given to you in pieces, and then you don't have to use, you don't have to sit down and think, like a riddle, and piece it together, and it just, if it's, it makes the whole reading experience that much more fulfilling, The plot, the plot was exciting, and it came with so many twists. I was emotionally involved, and um, I lost my cool and I cried so many times. Before one of the reported eight comes for me, I'm just gonna say this now for those at the back, the front, the middle, the left, and the right: that every single one of those tears I cried was warranted. And then Decker's story is married with so much tragedy which just made the whole story so much more emotional. Both the reader, which is me, and Dekka were never given much time to grieve for Dekka's losses, nor feel the pain for the wrongs inflicted upon her. Before a new setting was travelled to, a new enemy faced upon the battlefield, or a new discovery laboriously on earth, those entire 400 bloody and brutal pages flew by at a breakneck speed. And yet, somehow, Fulner never sacrificed the creation of the world or the construction of her characters to deliver such a fast paced storyline. However, I do have to say, because the story was so fast paced, we were never given time to really understand and absorb what was going on and grieve so many things had happened and we were just never given that chance to grieve so really and truly this book isn't a book you can rush through and read in one sitting you need to sit down and read it and stop and think and grieve and grieve hence the tears that reported eight the tears were warranted I'm going to keep going on about this because there was no reason for them to be laughing at me the tears were warranted I needed that chance to grieve thank you (laughs) One of my favourite aspects of the book was the female friendships, and the book was just centred mainly around this. Deca and her blood sisters were an impenetrable group of allies and a savage force to be reckoned with. Their shared message about inclusivity and inner strength proved yet again to make this a poignant story. I finished this already, longing for book two in my hands. Yes, I really did. I searched up online, looking for book two. When I found out it was, I wasn't coming out until April t- next year, I cried again. Okay, maybe that t- those tears weren't exactly warranted, but then at the same time they were. I guess that's the only time that I understand the laughing, but yet the reported eight had no reason to be laughing at me. No reason at all. <sighs> Anyways, yes... So I really just wanted book two in my hands and I can't wait for the adventures to continue in book two. The power that these females so rightly deserve to be delivered and to journey along with them as they grasp it for their own. The patriarchy has had its day and its night. It's done with. It's now time for the demon girls and their golden blood to shine and now have their new day. Where the once ruling patriarchy is dead and in the night. All this time I've been afraid of my ability, when instead I should have been regarding it as a treasured weapon. There's something really good about the writing and I just don't know exactly what it is or why I loved it so much. But I did love it. It's not lyrical, it's not anything, but it is super factual first point of view. And yet, I loved it so much. It's vibrant with a perfect mix of description, inner thoughts and dialogue. This writing style that Fauna has is just ugh, so amazing. The physical body, its heals, the scars fade. But the memories are forever. Even when you forget, they remain inside. Taunting you, resurfing when you least expect. There was times when I forgot I was even reading a book. It's that good. I saw myself fighting alongside Decca, Eating with Britta, Training with the girls with the Karmokos. It was beautiful. I could not help but shed a tear when reading. A warranted tear, the reported eight. Warranted. This book had me crying like a baby. Because of the life-defining plot twist, the phenomenal writing. I was out here crying big boy tears. Imagine. (laughs) Warranted big boy tears. Okay? Let's not forget that. Warranted. As I smile back, I realise something beautiful. This whole time, I've been searching for love, for family. But it's been here, right in my grasp. No matter what happens in this new world, I have Ketia, Brita and Belikias and Asha and Duapa. We'll confront our problems that rise together, side by side and hand in hand. That's all you can ever ask for, isn't it? That line paragraph made me cry so much. And I right now want to cry again. Warranted, I want to cry again because it's just so beautiful. Like, really and truly, Decker has all throughout the story a prominent thing was her wanting to just fit in her looking for someone to care and in the end when she's been through this huge roller coaster she realized that she didn't have to look for it if she had just sat down and enjoyed the moment she would have seen it right there in front of her and that's something all of us need to remember whatever you're looking for whether it be good grades friends love job money You need to sit down, relax, enjoy the moment, enjoy what God is doing in your life right now because today, the present is never going to be repeated. It's a gift. The past is history, the future is a mystery and the present is a gift. You need to appreciate it. You need to sit down and absorb it and really appreciate it for what it is because you don't want it to be in the future where you're saying, what I've been searching for what I've been looking it was right there if only I would had sat down and realized it then maybe I would have been happier you don't want to live with regrets so enjoy the moment as you pass it now it's time for the ratings okay <laughs> again we are on a streak Yes, it's a 5 out of 5. Any book that's going to make me cry big boy warranted, tears, warranted, tears, like that, deserves nothing less than a 4.75. This book is going to 5 out of 5 and that's on period. <coughs> if you are still not convinced whether The Gilded Ones by Namia phone is the book you need to read next, let's read the first page, y'all. Today is a Ritual of Purity. The nervous thought circles in my head as I hurry towards the barn, gathering my cloak to ward off the cold. It's early morning and the sun hasn't begun its climb above the snow-dusted trees, encircling our small farmhouse. Shadows gather in the darkness, crowding the weak pool of light cast by my lamp. An ominous tingling builds under my skin. It's almost as if there's something there, at the edge of my vision. It's just nerves, I tell myself. I've felt this tingling many times before, I never once seen anything strange. A barn door is open when I arrive. A lantern hung at the post. Father's already inside, spreading hay. He's a frail figure in the darkness, his tall body sunken into itself. Just three months ago, he was hearty and robust, his blonde hair untouched by grey. Then the red pox came, sickening him and the mother. Now he stopped and faded into the roomy eyes, and wispy hair of someone decades older. You're already awake, he says softly, eyes flittering over me. I couldn't sleep any longer, I reply, grabbing a milk pill and heading towards Nora, our largest cow. I'm supposed to be resting in isolation like all the other girls, preparing for the ritual, but there's too much work to be done around the farm, and not enough hands. There hasn't been since Mother died three months ago. The thought still brings tears to my eyes and I blink them away. Father forks more hay into the stalls. Blessing is he who waketh to witness the glory of the infinite Father. He grunts, quoting from the infinite wisdoms. So, are you prepared for today? I nod. Yes, I am. After reading this, are you still not convinced whether you need to read this book or not? Hmm. <laughs> no, let me rephrase that. If you're still not convinced that you need to read this book. I'll pray for you. That's all I can do. Thank you so much for tuning into to this week's episode of The Black Bibliophile. I am your host, Osa. This week we discussed The Gilded Ones by Nami Ophuna. And y'all, <laughs> I cannot sing the praises of this book any further the book was just so impeccable. It really was. Next week, we'll be discussing Everything That Makes Us Human by J. J. L. Mohan. I believe I'm saying that right. This book is kind of different to what we're used to. It's not ex- It's not a fiction book. It is a non-fiction book about the case studies of a pediatric neurosurgeon. However, it almost reads like a fiction book. And I really do find it interesting on how Mr. J.R. Mohan does do that. It's almost an art. If you want to join in on the conversation, leave an email, IGDM or even a voice message. Links to these various destinations are in the description of this week's episode. As we did last week, there is also a question in the description of this week's episode. This week's question is, what governs society? Is it our laws or is it the unconscious biases behind them? We will discuss the responses to these questions at the beginning of next week's episode. And with that, thank you once again for tuning in. I love you guys. Have a great rest of your day, a blessed rest of your week and a glorious weekend. Until next time, God bless you and goodbye.